Welcome to my IELTS classroom, the podcast where two English experts talk all things IELTS. I'm Shelley Cornick. And I'm Nick Long. And today we finally return to speaking. In particular, how can you address a cue card that asks you to describe an object? Good afternoon, Nick. How are you? Good afternoon. Not too bad. Had a rainy weekend. Managed to managed to clean my entire flat from top to bottom, which you might be able to see <laughs> behind you. It does actually look like somebody has. It looks like it's not a real background. It looks like one of those backgrounds the you fake get, ones. like a fake one for Zoom. It genuinely is that clean. It looks fake. Very good, Nick. Yeah, and I uh, I enjoyed. Well, I didn't enjoy. Sorry, I should say I did definitely didn't enjoy Leeds losing to Man United yesterday. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah, yeah. it was quite a good game, though. Very exciting. What was the score? 4-2 to Man U. <gasps> yeah. Oh, that is a good game, though. Lots of goals. Mm-hmm. Um, we have been, I don't know if people are watching, but in England, we've had a, I think the biggest ever storm. Actually, yeah, you had, I remember reading on the, on the news here that the yeah. winds were like 130 miles an hour or something in London. Absolutely crazy. It was, I mean, it has been properly windy, particularly because I live in a very old house. So it's got the Mm. really thin windows, which is why it's cold. And they have properly been shaking all weekend. I mean, it was good. I mean, when it gets like that, it was a bit disappointing. You know, people are posting pictures on Facebook of, you know, bins being thrown 300 meters into the air. I was hoping Mm -hmm. to look out the window and see a cat fly past or something, (laughs) but there was nothing. Um, But yeah, it's definitely been windy. It's one of those weekends where it's good to sit inside, cozy with a cup of tea Mm -hmm. and um, yeah, just hang out. So before we start today's episode, I just want to say last week, Nick and I, it was Valentine's Day, wasn't it? Last Tuesday. It was, And Nick and I we're not greedy. We didn't ask for flowers. We didn't ask for a teddy bear or even a card. What we said was, if you love the podcast, it would be so, so helpful for us if you were able, you know, if you could just pause, leave us a review, even just click how many stars you would give us on your pod hosting platform or whatever you listen. Well, Nick, guess what? We got some reviews. We got some reviews, and more importantly, last week was our most ever listened episode. Oh, wow. Okay. And in fact, we have now doubled our listenership, if that's a word, yes. since November. Oh, wow. So that's very... So the last... Like it's amazing. Months, so, yeah. first of all, thank you very, very, very much. That really means a lot to us. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to be slightly greedy and say, if you were listening last week and you didn't have time or you couldn't stop and leave us a review or share... It would mean so much to us mm-hmm. if if you could do that today. Because to be honest, if we continue to grow like that, you know, by the summer, we would have a whole other type of podcast, a whole new platform. We'd maybe get some advertisers, mm-hmm. might be able to start having special guests or do you know what I mean? Just adding more to mm-hmm. the content. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you enjoy what we do already, just imagine what we could do if we had, I don't know, 50,000 listeners a week oh, or wow. something I ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, make, I'd be nervous to be honest, Nick. <laughs> But um, there we go. So that's just a little quick set, to, you know, message to say thank you very, very much, Nick, and I appreciate that a lot. But today we are finally returning, Nick, to speaking. It's been a long time, hasn't it? It's been a very long time since we did any speaking. That's right. Yeah. I don't know why, to be honest. I think I've just been on a bit of a. My head got stuck in writing mm. for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. So I thought what we do today is 
We will look in particular at something we've never looked at before, Ooh. which are cue cards that ask you to describe some type of object. Mm -hmm. But I thought, as it has been so long since we spoke about speaking, and as we probably, I'm guessing, have got quite a few new listeners, if those numbers are anything to go by, I thought what we might do today is we might start by just reviewing or refreshing our memory of the basics of speaking part two, all right? So to do that, I thought I would do it in my favorite way of reviewing. I'll get you to answer <laughs> some questions. Okay. All right. So yep. do you feel ready for that? Definitely. Okay. Nick's very good at speaking. I'd say it's his specialist subject. All right. So, um, so part two then, speaking part two starts when the examiner says, now I'm going to give you a topic and I'd like you to talk about that topic for one to two minutes. So that is the signal that part one has finished mm -hmm. and part two is now beginning. And after a few words, the examiner will basically pass to you what we call a cue card. Mm -hmm. Very basically, Nick, what is a cue card? Is it a card? No, it's not. It's actually a booklet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So to begin with, it's already a bit confusing, right? Mm -hmm. So they're going to give you a booklet. And what is going to be on that booklet? So there's a nice rectangular box. Mm -hmm. And inside that box, you've got a statement yeah um with a topic that you should talk about like talk about a time when you um lost something in the street or something like that yeah exactly a and then it's got a list of three or well, three bullet points underneath it with questions yeah. like where you lost it how you lost it what you did after you found it yeah um and then the final sentence is usually another sort of prompt for you to speak but it's not a question is it it's usually no and talk about how blah 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 for some reason it's normally about your feelings right yeah. so if it was mm -hmm. if it was the last it would be like the final sentence is not a bullet would say and talk about how you felt after losing this object or whatever yeah mm. this object the hundred thousand pounds in the street oh mm. i was really happy <laughs> <laughs> so exactly so each cue card has got the same format as nick said it's, it'll be inside a little box mm -hmm. um and it is pretty straightforward it is always very clear what you're going to need to talk about yep. um particularly you know once you look at the bullets mm -hmm. you know the topics vary we'll talk about the topics but in general you know think about what IELTS is testing it's testing your ability to talk about neutral topics so it's never going to ask you something deeply personal mm -hmm. or to talk about politics or yeah. anything that might be upsetting or religion or anything which you know is people some people may not feel comfortable discussing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so the examiner will pass you that booklet. From the moment they pass you that booklet, Nick, how long do the students have to prepare before they speak? One whole minute. One whole minute. So what should the student do in that time? Well, you get given a pencil and a piece of paper. Yeah. And you should make notes. And different students have different approaches to how yeah. how they do that. Some ways work better for some students than others, but yeah, you, you're basically able to go wild for one minute and write as much as you want. Yeah, you are. And as you said, Nick, I don't think there's one right way or wrong way of preparing in that minute. You know, I personally, I, you know, if it was me, I wouldn't actually 
write anything because I don't really need to. But what I would do is mm-hmm. I would think, okay, what am I going to say? Yep. What details am I going to add? Mm-hmm. That would be my approach. Some students, they like to write down vocabulary, like mm-hmm. high level words that they know that they think might be relevant to mm-hmm. this topic. Um, it is totally up to you. Um, it always kind of, I always find it quite interesting looking at the paper afterwards. Yeah, that's true. Because mm-hmm. some students have written nothing. Other yeah. students have written things which have got no correlation to what they spoke about mm-hmm. uh, at all. Um, it's totally up to you. Do you think Nick is a good idea? I mean, is it possible to forgo that one minute? Are you able to just start immediately? Yeah, you can tell the confident? examiner that you're ready. Let's go, please. Yeah. <laughs> Would you <laughs> recommend that? Um, depends on your level. Probably yeah. not overall, but I mean, you know, if you're a if you're basically a native speaker, then maybe you don't need to do that. If you've practiced yeah. a lot, if you have some good ideas already in your head, maybe you don't need the full minute. But I would say for ninety nine percent of students, it's definitely a good idea to use the full minute and prepare yourself yeah. carefully. I also think if you don't take the full minute, it leaves a little bit of a not a bad impression on the examiner, but you kind of look like, oh, I don't need to prepare. Let mm-hmm. me begin. And then if it's not very good. They might be I a little bit more th- critical. Yeah, maybe <laughs> you should have taken that minute because mm-hmm. you've started speaking and you've stopped after 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. So, um, however, I worked with a student not that long ago who said that they actually became anxious in the minute. Mm. That silence and that waiting to speak. It, I guess it can be a little bit uncomfortable, can't it? Yeah, I mean... Personally, if I if I was testing a student, I try not to make eye contact during that minute and yeah. like shuffle some papers around or look away just to sort of give the student a bit of privacy, <laughs> even though, you know, you're facing them. But yeah, I mean, you don't have to take that minute, but I would, you know, unless you've got a good reason, I think you probably should um, read the bullets carefully, plan what you're going to say, um, think about what you're going to say. Now, the instruction says... Um, I'm, as I said, I'm going to give you a cue card and I'm going to ask you to talk about it for one to two minutes. Mm-hmm. Truthfully, though, really, I mean, that section is your chance to talk for two minutes. Yes. Do you think it's a good idea for the students to end at a minute? Definitely not. No. no. I mean, how would that affect their score in terms of the band descriptors? Well, I guess depending on it could affect every area. To be honest, I think the the area affects the most is definitely fluency. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you've told a very simple story with very simplistic grammar and simplistic mm-hmm. vocabulary, you're not going to be helping your chances to get a higher score. No, you're not, because you're not giving the examiner a big enough sample, are you? No, yeah. To judge it. you against. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, you know, although, it, although the instruction does say, mm-hmm. you know, talk for one to two minutes, I think every student's aim should be to talk fully for the two minutes. For the full two minutes, yeah, definitely. If you do that, mm-hmm. the examiner is going to interrupt you at the, at the two mm-hmm. minute mark right so it doesn't matter if you're in the middle of the sentence particularly if you're at the end of a story mm-hmm. i think it's funny when a student's like and then after all that we finally discovered thank you <laughs> <laughs> and then you never find out what mm-hmm. they discovered mm-hmm. but um if the examiner stops you at two minutes yep. and you haven't covered all of the bullet points is that a problem no Nick? absolutely not the bullet points are just there to help you Yes. So, well, they're, they're there to help you think of ideas. You don't have to talk about the things that are written on the bullet points. The most important exactly. thing is covering the topic. And if you haven't yes. fully covered the topic, then that right. might cause 
a small problem. Like if the if the question is asking you to describe something that happened in the past and you spend a minute and 40 seconds giving me background information mm-hmm. and then you don't actually, you know, address the question Mm-hmm. before the two minutes is over then that might affect your score yeah if you if you never get, get to what get you've to lost the in the streets mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. if you're always describing where you were and what you were doing mm-hmm. i agree but i think one of the kind of surprising things for most students is that it's kind of the opposite of writing in writing yeah. if you don't address every single part of the essay question mm-hmm. you are going to be drastically penalized for your task response yeah whereas for part two of the speaking as Nick said, as long as you're you're talking about that general topic, the mm-hmm. actual bullet points do not have to appear. So if mm-hmm. you never mention them, I wouldn't worry. I'm sure there are many examiners who just don't read the bullet points because yeah. um, they're not important. They're just focusing on what you say. Mm-hmm. Um, is it okay for the examiner to stop you before two minutes? Is that possible? Well, if you're still speaking, then no. Yes. So they they can't interrupt you. They can't stop you before the two minutes. No. And I think we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago in the complain. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, what's the word? In the, in the, uh, I think we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago in the episode we did about, you know, should you make a complaint about mm-hmm. IELTS? Yeah. You know, if you really feel that the examiner stopped you before two minutes, you should definitely make a complaint mm-hmm. because the whole point of this part is you are allowed two minutes to show your English. Yes. Um, if you finish it a, a minute, mm-hmm. you know, the examiner, what will the examiner do then? Well, the examiner might ask you to yes. say a bit more about one of the things that you've already said. Can you tell yes. me more about that, please? Or they'll ask you a direct question related to something like, um, how long have you known this person or something like that? So you can yeah. keep speaking. Exactly. So, I mean, I think really, you know, if you do stop early, if the examiner says to you, can you tell me anything more about that? Just try to tell them something more, right? You might want to go back and add some more details to the beginning of something you've already explained. Just the more you can give in this section, really, the better, Mm -hmm. definitely. Now, when this section is finished, when you have spoken for two minutes and the examiner has said thank you, there's a possibility they may ask you a short follow-up question. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if we take the example you gave, Nick, Mm -hmm. you know, talk about something you lost in the street, Mm -hmm. what would maybe be a simple follow-up to that at the end? Uh, do you often lose things in the street? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Right? Do you often lose something in the street? Now, if the examiner does ask you that question, mm-hmm. how long should the student, you know, how long should the response to that follow-up question be? As short as possible. Yeah, exactly. So you could right, just say um, yes or no, basically. You could literally say, thankfully, no. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Give me the paper. Give me the pencil. Give me the booklet. Mm-hmm. We're now moving to part three. Mm-hmm. I think the only time you should really sp- speak a lot for the follow-up question is if you have finished early. So yeah. if you told the examiner, that's it. I'm done. And you may, mm-hmm. I'm done. Mm-hmm. And I only spoke for like a minute. Yeah. You may want to use the opportunity to speak more about the follow-up question. But mm-hmm. um, if you've spoken for the full two minutes, you may not even have a follow-up question. That's true, yes. Right. It's mm-hmm. not compulsory. So if the examiner says thank you, you know, if you stop and then the examiner immediately takes the booklet, mm-hmm. don't panic, that's fine. That just meant you spoke for two minutes. Mm-hmm. Time is passing. We now need to move to part three, mm-hmm. okay? So I guess that's the basics in terms of the format 
mm. of part two. I would just say that, you know, very, very basically, I know that a lot of our speaking lessons are behind our Patreon wall. So mm-hmm. if anybody, um, if anybody's interested in listening to all of our back catalogue, you just need to, you know, go to the latest blog post and you can click on become a Patreon. Mm-hmm. It's little as three pounds a month, right? And then you can download, I think there's 21 previous episodes, which um, for legal reasons, we can't make available publicly anymore. Mm-hmm. But in terms of part two, what would be our simple advice? You know, a lot of people say, particularly when they start IELTS, oh God, it's a long time to speak two minutes without stopping. What are some of the simple, adv- what some of the simple tactics or the advice that we would give our students to help them keep talking well definitely you want to make your part two speech into a kind of story yes so you 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 would would like to try and have some background information at the beginning as a way to sort of naturally introduce the story then -hmm. you're going to go into detail about the topic yeah and say you know why it happened how it happened what happened etc yeah and then you know you can round it off i guess with an with an ending i suppose once you feel like you've said everything you need to say Um, another thing you can do if you do finish before the examiner says thank you if you really can't find anything else to say Mm -hmm. start a second story yeah yeah talk Talk about about a a second time you lost something in the street yeah a second occasion when this happened Mm -hmm. um and i guess yeah i guess oh tell the truth (laughs) that's a that's a very important one i used i i we had a student I can't, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really, I feel bad now because I can't remember his name, but he uh-huh. was a guy from yeah. Azerbaijan who lived in Poland. Natik, I want to say. Oh, I do remember. Yeah. Na- I, I think remember. his name was Natik anyway. And yeah. he was unbelievably good at telling a convincing lie. Really? And he's, he's honestly the only student I've ever had who could tell me a part two story and make it believable. Mm-hmm. And everybody else, it's for me who's done thousands of part twos. Yeah. I can always tell when a student's lying. I can as well. And I think the biggest, you know, there's no problem in lying. There's no points for telling the truth. But mm-hmm. I always know when a stu- I when it gets to the end of a story and I ask a student, is that true? I always know it's not true. Mm-hmm. Because there were no details in exactly. the story. Yes. You, when you invent a lie, everything's very vague, right? Mm-hmm. You, they basically just go through main points, but there's no background information. There's no, I don't know, mm-hmm. mention of the weather or where they were going or what they were doing. And I find when students lie, they finish far too early. Yes, they do. That's also um, true. Yeah, it's difficult yeah. to get to two minutes on a lie. It is. Because your brain is doing too many things, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just thinking about something which happened and describing it. It's inventing what happened. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a much bigger cognitive load. So yeah. yeah, I totally agree, Nick. Do not invent a story unless you are absolutely desperate. Um, and as you said, I think the devil is in the detail. The more mm-hmm. background you can give as you're telling the story, the easier it becomes um, for you to speak for two minutes. And also the more context it gives the examiner. Yeah, I often find coherence gets lost when a student doesn't give some background. I find my brain is working very hard to think, what are they talking about? Where are they? Who's that person? Mm-hmm. You know, what's happening? But when the student just describes everything or introduces things, mm. my brain is relaxed and they also talk um, much more easily. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. So in terms then of the topics of cue cards, mm-hmm. um, they, a bit like the speaking part one questions, they vary every what three months so there's always 25 part two questions introduced every three months Mm -hmm. um so there's always 50 
part two questions up and running at any time. Mm -hmm. Um, The topics change, like the specific questions change, I would say, but the the broad topics remain, you know, there's been loads of questions about losing things. Mm-hmm. You know, as you said, it might be, you know, what one month it might be something you lost in the street. The next month it might be something you lost that was important to you. The next month, it, you know, it's the same kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. So the topics are kind of similar. So you definitely want to get on, you know, at least do enough to understand the general types of topics. In every pack, there are always a couple of randoms, <laughs> new topics or kind of strange things which appear, but there's only one or two. Um, However, you know, I would say while the topics are important, I would think more about the language you need Mm -hmm. to describe any cue card independent of topic. Mm -hmm. And I would say in terms of language, we could divide all of the cue cards up into kind of like nine-ish broad types Mm -hmm. which i guess each require a different set of language they might require like different grammar Mm -hmm. they might require specific vocabulary Mm -hmm. um we have a blog post about this i'll link that in the show notes for today uh, at blog.myoutsclassroom.com but in general what Okay, let's try and do it together. <laughs> what are the nine sort of broad types of cue card? Well, the most common, I would say, by far, is describe a past event. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, definitely, before you sit the IELTS exam, you have to make sure that your past narrative tenses yes. are good. Mm-hmm. So, you've got the language to talk about the past. Mm-hmm. So, we're definitely going to need, need our tenses for the past. Um Describe a person is the one that always comes up to me next. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to have, you know, some adjectives or some techniques so that you can describe people well. Um, What's usually the next one? Describe an object. Yeah. So we're going to look at that today. So I guess Mm -hmm. describe an object. It's probably more about vocabulary than anything else, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Having good descriptive vocabulary of Mm -hmm. various different things. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. I would say that's very similar. A lot of cue cards, the fourth type is describing a place. Mm -hmm. So again, that would be vocabulary, but this time it's, you know, vocabulary for describing countrysides or Mm -hmm. hotels Mm -hmm. or beaches or or rivers or different kind of places where you might go. Um, What else have we got? Describe a habit. Yes. Just kind of similar to past event, isn't it? A little bit. Well, it's basically a habit is probably going to be testing your your tenses again isn't yeah. it things you usually do or but you used might to talk, do mm-hmm. or used to do in the past mm-hmm. exactly so that's another tense question um another third sort of tense question is like a dream or a wish that you have something you would like to do mm-hmm. so a place you would like to visit or i don't know a business you would like to run so that's mm-hmm. sort of testing that you can talk hypothetically mm-hmm. um i think they're the main ones the other ones i guess are just, I tried to come up <laughs> with types for common questions. So one other type is talking about your favorite something. Mm-hmm. So your favorite meal or your favorite book or your favorite film. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I guess that requires a certain amount of vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what else is there, Nick? Describe uh, a cultural event. Yes. So like a festival mm-hmm. or a celebration or a wedding or something in your culture. Yeah. That's a, probably a mix of tense and vocabulary, mm-hmm. actually. Um, and then the ninth type is just what I call the crazy, mm-hmm. <laughs> the crazy type, uh, because you know, as I said, occasionally I can't think of what was the lo- what's describe the describe a person who wears unusual clothes. 
Yeah. That's a bit of a tough one, isn't it? That is a tough one. So that mm. is just a type of cue card where I think the topic is very difficult and it's difficult to come up with just an idea, mm. let alone the vocabulary. Mm-hmm. So they're the sort of nine broad types. What I said, as I said today, we're going to focus on cue cards that ask us to describe an object. So it might be something like, you know, describe an item or describe an object that's useful in your home, for example, mm-hmm. or describe something you bought recently that was very expensive. So really, it's any cue card which is asked, that focuses on a description of a piece of equipment or an object or an item. Um, and as you said, Nick, really, these questions, you know, obviously we're going to have to make a story, but a lot of the story is going to contain pretty specific vocabulary. Mm-hmm for describing objects. Um, So what we're going to do today is we are just going to go through all of the different types of vocabulary we think you may possibly need, Mm -hmm. depending on the object that you are describing. Um, Some of it you might think is quite easy. (laughs) I haven't graded it. Some of it is more difficult. What we're going to do is just offer every listener all of the vocabulary and you can select which is missing from your current lexical resource all Mm -hmm. right so this is a bit of a pick and mix (laughs) episode where you can take whatever you want um so we'll start simple and then we'll go up to maybe a bit more Mm -hmm. uh, a few more complex stuff and then maybe nick we'll finish at the end with you and i (gasps) doing a cue card i'm not sure that's a good idea but that is is what we're gonna do okay so let's start off well if we're going to describe an object i guess the easiest thing to describe might be the color of something Mm -hmm. so if you were describing color instead you know what's a more advanced way instead of just saying it's red it's black it's blue what could we say well you can add adjectives like it's light blue it's dark blue it's a nice shade of blue it's bright blue or something uh-huh. like that, metallic it's blue. Metallic blue, mm-hmm. exactly, right? So I would say any adjectives, I think, are a great way of spicing up... The colours. Any, yeah, any sort of language. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the other thing you could do, if you were qu- quite clever, mm. is there are actually specific shades mm-hmm. of different colours, aren't there? Are, yeah. So rather mm-hmm. than just saying light blue... Mm-hmm. Um, you could give light blue a specific name. So, in fact, let's th- let's start with blues... Mm. I would say, instead of saying light blue, I might say it's sky blue. Sky blue, yeah. Because mm-hmm. that is a well-known and recognized shade of blue. What other blues are there? Think Ooh, of playing along at home. Blue. Royal blue, mm-hmm. definitely. Just kind My of like fav- a, a deeper, darker blue, isn't it? It's a deep blue is royal blue, mm-hmm. yeah. bit like, I guess, what's on the the English, like the British flag, I yes. guess, would be yeah, royal yeah, yeah. blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, my particular favourite blue, all of my clothes growing up, mm. navy blue. Navy blue. Mm-hmm. That's darker. So yeah, sky blue, navy blue, royal blue. What other blues are there? Mm. Now we're stuck. Now we're embarrassing ourselves. Are there any other blues? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, light blue. No, that's not good enough. Uh, sea blue, I guess you could say. <laughs> but definitely, you know, if a student said, I've got a t-shirt and it's sky blue, navy blue, or royal blue. You would understand immediately what it yeah. Immediately much higher score than just saying blue. And as you said, I can immediately picture mm-hmm. that blue. And my mom my mom was obsessed with navy navy blue when we were kids. Really? Oh, look at this, it's really nice. It's navy blue. <laughs> <laughs> because she's Scottish. That is the colour of Scotland. Navy blue. 
<laughs> okay, your mum would have, I would, and me would have gotten very well. I would have let her bought me, buy me everything. Mm. Um, there's lots of reds as well. Instead of what sort of specific reds are there? Um, scarlet. Scarlet. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of crimson. Crimson, oh, I like a good crimson. Um, <laughs> what other reds are there? Deep red, I said. Instead of just dark red, you could mm-hmm. say is a deep red mm-hmm. a red. Mm-hmm. Um, blood red. Blood Can red, you say yes. That? Yeah, I guess you could. Well, someone would understand what you meant if you said it. Yeah. Magenta, which is like a ready. Ready blue. Uh, ready blue. Mm-hmm. So I would say, you know, even if it's not true, if you say something was navy blue, it's just a simple way of upping mm-hmm. your vocabulary, it right? So fun. you can definitely talk about the colour of something. Mm-hmm. I also liked what you said, Nick. It was a nice shade of mm-hmm. green or a nice shade of blue. Again, um, other simple descriptions could be the shape yeah. of an object. Mm-hmm. I guess they're actually shapers and that easy because we have names for shapes mm-hmm. like a square, a triangle, a circle. Mm-hmm. But when we're actually describing objects, we need the adjective do. Yes. form. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I'm talking about a book, mm-hmm. if that book is a square shape, what would we use the adjective? If it's a square shape? Yeah. Square. Square. <laughs> right, that's a trick. So, <laughs> so you could say it's a square book, so mm-hmm. square is the same. But mm-hmm. if the book is shape of a rectangle, what would we say then? Rectangular. It's a rectangular book, mm-hmm. or instead of a circle, a circular book. Or a round book. Oh, a round, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can also say round for the adjective. Mm-hmm. And I guess my favourite one is triangular. Mm-hmm. Not a book. I'm not sure what would be triangular. Well, c- Maybe c- a children's book could be triangular. They could, actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. a children's book or a cushion could be triangular. Mm-hmm. So, you know, make sure if you're describing shapes, if mm-hmm. you're describing an object, you're using the adjective right Mm -hmm. now you could say it's shaped like a rectangle or it's shaped like a circle shape of a rectangle yes Mm -hmm. but if you're actually going to say it's a something book Mm -hmm. you need to say rectangular book circular book Mm -hmm. triangular Mm -hmm. book all right now sometimes objects i guess i don't know don't have a clear shape like there are some cars Mm. which are kind of like square aren't they Kind but you of wouldn't square. S- mm-hmm. kind of square, but you wouldn't say it's a square. <laughs> you wouldn't say it's car. a square car. Mm-hmm. That sounds very strange. So mm-hmm. if you want to sort of give a shape which is not a hundred percent, you know, accurate, but mm-hmm. it is a kind of square, you could say, you know, words inaccurate words like kind of. Mm-hmm. It's kind of shaped like a square. Yeah. Uh, what other synonyms do we have for kind of? It's roughly square. It's roughly square. It's sort of square. Mm-hmm. And then maybe, what is the best prefix for any word in English? Ish. Ish. Mm-hmm. It's kind of squarish. Mm-hmm. I love that word. It's kind of softish. It's not soft, but it's kind of soft. Mm-hmm. Anytime something is in the middle, you mm-hmm. can add that I-S-H, ish. Mm-hmm. You know, if you heard somebody in the street who sounded like me, you could even say, it's a bit Shelley-ish, mm-hmm. <laughs> the way you spoke there, mm-hmm. right? In the same manner as, right? Mm-hmm. So don't worry. You don't, you know, adding the ish or kind of or sort of sound, I think sounds really natural, Um in English. All right, so we can talk about uh, shape and colour. What else could we talk about when we're describing material? Object? Oh, yes. Now, that's interesting, actually, because we've got a really nice student, Winston. Mm. He keeps getting this wrong. Mm. If you're going to say what material something is made, 
I don't want to give away the preposition. Mm -hmm. What preposition would we use, Nick? We would say it's made... Of plastic. Of. A lot of people say from, I guess, yeah. They say from... Mm -hmm. So just be careful. So you can say it's made of... Mm -hmm. um, And you can also say it's made by. But if you say it's made by, what would come after that, Nick? Person who made it. The person or the company Company, who Mm -hmm. made it. So, you know, I've got a TV. It's made by Samsung. I've got a TV. It's made of plastic by Samsung. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) So in terms of material, I mean, I guess the easy one is like plastic, like a bottle where we drink water is plastic. What's the tables made of usually? Usually wood, sometimes steel or metal. I could also be metal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What about... um, well-made shoes or like nice bags, brown colour. What are they made leather. of? Oh, leather. Very good. Now, what's a mobile phone made of, actually? Um, usually I would say metal and glass, plastic. Is, is that what it is? Plastic, metal, glass? Components. I'm not sure. Something like that. Mm. Um, what about if you're talking about clothes? What are materials that clothes might be made of? Cotton, mostly. Yes, there's cotton. lots of other materials. Wool. I guess what are, what's wool mm-hmm. meh, from, sheep. from sheep? What are jeans made of? Denim. Denim. That's another mm. useful one. I've got some. Somebody wears unusual clothes. I've st- I bought a pair recently, Nick, of a um of dungarees. Mm-hmm. Uh, and made of corduroy. Do you remember corduroy? <laughs> that nineteen seventies material. It's another one that my mum used to love. <laughs> Corduroy trousers. Put on your navy blue corduroy trousers. I tell you what, I reckon I should call your mum. She could be my stylist. Do you know, I, did, I didn't got... wear jeans until I was 14 years old. No. Yeah, so I, never, I never had any as, as a kid. It was black school trousers or shorts or corduroy or something like that. Yeah. That's Unfortunately. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe corduroy. If you want to know what corduroy is, go to the blog and I'll put a picture. I don't think I'll put me, but I'll put if you can find yourself Nick in some corduroy I'm sure, trousers sure I can. I've got about 150 <laughs> pictures of me from childhood on All my right. computer so. please do that we need that on the blog post um, if you were describing jewellery I guess like earrings necklaces rings what would they be made of gold silver if you're lucky yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I would say yeah I mean the cheaper one gold plated maybe gold so plated, not the whole yeah. material mm-hmm. um, any other sorts of materials that students might need I guess different kinds of metals could be useful. Steel and aluminium. Yeah. I mean, I guess titanium. if you're describe, describing sports equipment, it, mm-hmm. you might have a specific word for what, I don't know, your tennis racket is made out of mm-hmm. carbon fiber. Carbon fiber is a good one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are the sort of basic words I would say that you need. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're going into a deep explanation about the object, you may actually also want to describe the texture. So, you know, what it feels like in your hand Mm -hmm. or I think a nice you know often if I'm trying to explain you know something like I'm looking now at this vintage leather chair that I bought Nick Mm. red Mm -hmm. I would say you know I'd want to describe the build of that chair like Mm -hmm. is it thin or is it thick so let's have a look at some adjectives that could describe either texture or build Mm. Um, and let's play a game I will tell you an adjective Mm -hmm. And you will tell me, and you can play along at home, listeners. Oh, hello, Charlie. (laughs) You can tell me what is the opposite. Okay. So let's imagine that I've got a table that is really smooth Mm -hmm. underneath. What would be the opposite of of a smooth table? 
I guess, a rough table. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so something which is rough feels a bit scratchy, mm-hmm. I guess, doesn't it, under your hand. Mm-hmm. All right, let's imagine I've got a knife which is very sharp. Mm. What would the opposite of a sharp knife be? Like all of mine, they would be very blunt. <laughs> this is true. They don't cut very well. <laughs> I had a knife in, in Russia, mm. right, and I left it in Russia to my friend's family. Mm. And when I came back at Christmas, that knife, I honestly picked it up and nearly chopped off my thumb. It was so sharp because the dad had sharpened it. And mm. I just realized it wasn't a bad knife. I was just a bad knife owner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how to sharpen them properly. Right, so you've got sharp and blunt. That's yeah. a nice word. Um, what about, you know, what about a chair? We can have a really soft, comfy chair. What would be the opposite of a soft, comfy chair? A hard chair. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Uncomfortable. Um, now, more with build. I really love this word. So let's imagine. So this is true, right? I'm working on a desk at the mm-hmm. minute, which mm-hmm. I bought from Amazon. It's a nice looking desk, mm-hmm. but it wobbles a lot, wobbles. right? And actually, I've got a feeling that it could break really easily. Mm-hmm. So when things can break really easily, mm-hmm. we call them flimsy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that word, flimsy. Flimsy. So, what would be the opposite of flimsy? If I, if I mean, I've you know, if you get a table that's really won't move, how would we describe mm-hmm. that? Well, solid, strong, sturdy. Solid's oh. probably the best one. No, sturdy's good as well, though. I think mm-hmm. solid, strong, and sturdy are all very good. Mm-hmm. And then I would say, in terms of technology today, mm-hmm. in particular, mobile phones or laptops. Yeah, I guess what is you know. The, the style or the most modern choice is to have a very slim design, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So they're not thick. But what yeah. would be the opposite of slim? I would say if you're talking about uh, phones, tablets, maybe laptops, yeah. you would say chunky. Yeah. Um, I can't think of another word. Bulky is a good one, I think. Bulky is a good word. But it's not re- it wouldn't really fit for phones, I don't think, bulky. Would it? No, but like bulky Because it suggests quite... heavy and yeah. difficult to transport. It is. Like you can have like a bulky jacket, couldn't you? Or mm. a bulky sofa. That's a great word. B-U-L-K-Y. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. So again, you know, any of these words used naturally in context would be great. Even a word like soft, to be honest, mm. is still a good descriptive word. Um, I also think that particular objects have got particular... Um, like specific vocabulary, I would say. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you were describing a watch, um, what vocabulary might we need, for example, for watches? Um, face, strap, hands. Yeah. Hands, exactly, mm-hmm. right? Um, in the same way, you know, if you're describing a computer, you're probably definitely going to have to use keyboard and keys, mm-hmm. screen, touchpad, maybe touchpad yeah exactly mm-hmm. and mobile phones are common aren't they for students to describe what would we describe there maybe you talk about case the case that you have the screen size yeah. features the, i think the size the screen you know you could say it's slim mm-hmm. uh but i think and we were talking about this earlier i think as you said for technology mm-hmm. The description is maybe less about the physical appearance of the technology and more about what it does. So, yeah. you know, if you were describing your new laptop or your new phone, mm-hmm. what might you say about it? You might say that it's got an internal SSD. It's got 32 <laughs> gigabytes, nice. you know. So Yeah, you might... Yeah, like 1080, memory. 1080p screen or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you might talk about exactly the memory, the resolution of the screen. Mm-hmm. 
um, particularly like it's 128 gigabytes, like you said, that's mm-hmm. really common. The apps which are preloaded, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're somebody who's got a lot of jewellery, you may need to know the words for the jewellery, mm-hmm. you know, earrings, necklaces, as a, you know, We've got the materials. I'm trying to think of parts of the jewellery. Maybe, you know, what if you've got a necklace, the bit which joins the two ends together Mm -hmm. is a clasp. Mm -hmm. Or a clasp. A clasp. (laughs) If you're in the north, a clasp. That might be useful if you've lost it. Do you know what I mean? The clasp broke, Mm -hmm. for example. Mm -hmm. Um, To be honest, I think that I would recommend that you really think about objects that you use a lot yeah. and which are important to you mm-hmm. and if you have the actual vocabulary to describe that object yeah. because you know as we all remember long-term listeners i got my coffee machine mm. back in september if i was going to talk about my coffee machine there is some app like ridiculously specific vocabulary is, yeah. about coffee machines i would be talking about porter filters Ooh. or tampers mm-hmm. and all of these other things which you know probably even to nick don't mean very much they do i right? do know those words <laughs> well yeah because you worked in that's right because you worked in in um in a restaurant Pizza express mm-hmm. yes but my point is if you have got an object which is important to you mm-hmm. have a look at it now if you were going to explain that object in english do you have the words to do yeah, so yeah. and if you don't Learn go them. find them mm-hmm. yes Google it. Have a look in English. What is that in English? Ah, that's what we call it. You know, we can't possibly predict every object that every student will talk about, right? We can just give you the sort of general vocabulary which tends to come up Mm -hmm. um, again and again. Um, Right. So I think that kind of covers the physical description Mm -hmm. of an object, what other things do you think students might sometimes also need to tell the examiner? We could talk about the use of something, how it's used. Yeah. I would say particularly if, you're, if you've got like an unusual type of object, which I don't know, something you might use for a hobby, mm-hmm. which is not, you know, if, if, you, if you're describing a television, you don't need to tell the examiner it's used for watching television. <laughs> That's pretty obvious. Mm. Um but yeah, whenever I see describe like an object that's useful, I I always remember it that many years ago I had this amazing little gadget that used to, if I was playing golf, mm. wherever I stood on the golf course, mm-hmm. it would tell me the exact distance to the hole. Mm. So it was like a pin range GPS. Well, you know, if I was describing that to an examiner, I think I'd have to start by saying, you know, if I just said, I'm going to describe a pin range GPS <laughs> and then started to say it's squarish, it's made of plastic, the examiner's going to be thinking, what's, what's a, she what's, talking about? Yeah, what's this on? Yeah, <laughs> what's she talking about? So I would start that by saying, so I'm going to talk about um, a pin range GPS and it's a little gadget that's used for finding the distance mm-hmm. to a hole from anywhere on a golf course. Mm-hmm. And the reason that's important is it helps you select the right club so depending on your object you might want to say it's used for doing something or it's used to do something um either of those would be good another thing i think is quite useful is often students having the right language to say where they got an object Mm -hmm. um so you know a shop is easy you could just say you know i bought it in pc world PC world, any shop. Mm-hmm. Um, how else do we often get objects? Um, as presents or gifts. 
Yeah. So if someone, if you were given something, how would we describe that? Um, I was given it by, or it was given to me by, or I received uh-huh. it from, or I got it from. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, a lot of students make the mistake of using gift and present and present as a as a verb so they would yes. say like uh, my mum gifted it to me or my mum presented it to me but unfortunately both of these are incorrect in english we they wouldn't are. use those as verbs so, in this context no so either i was given it or i received it you know i was given it by or i received it from um i guess the other way you could get an object is maybe to inherit an object. So if somebody dies, if it's something that's been in your family for a long time, um, you could say, you know, I inherited it from my grandmother or from my mum or something like that. Um, obviously, you can steal things, but if that's the case, <laughs> I wouldn't tell the examiner that. <laughs> um, all right. And then finally, mm. the final bit of vocabulary, I think we could talk about price or value. Mm. I guess, because mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of students, you know, if, if they're talking about a computer, the mm. reason you get the computer is often because it's cheaper than usual. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you've gone to a shop and the in, and the price is lower, mm. how would we describe that? You might say I got it. Um, I got it on sale or it was reduced or it was on special offer or yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of those phrases, I guess. Exactly. If mm-hmm. you're in Australia, you'd say it was on special, mate. It was on special, but usually it was on sale. So get mm-hmm. the preposition right. On sale. Mm-hmm. Um, it was reduced. It was on special offer. Um, you can talk about the price, I guess. So you know, it's pretty cheap, or it was fairly expensive. That's a nice adverb. Fairly expensive, or very expensive. Just try not to. You know, a lot of students. I wonder if this is my fault. They mm. all know the word exorbitant. Mm-hmm. right which is like overly expensive in a negative way yeah i don't think anybody would ever use the word exorbitant when describing an object that they bought because you've paid money for it right yeah that's true actually i agree you might say it, it cost would... a fortune you might say it cost a fortune or it cost a lamb and a leg if you really want to you, you <laughs> push the boat out for mm. metaphors definitely mm-hmm. um but i wouldn't use absorbent i think it cost a fortune would be brilliant yeah. Yeah, Exorbitant is more for stuff that you don't really want to pay, but you have to, isn't it, I guess? Yes. So it would be something you're forced to buy, but mm. you didn't want to. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing you might want to talk about, you know, if you're talking about, I don't know, something that's been in your family for a long time, or mm. even, I don't know, a car that you bought mm-hmm. three or four years ago, and you want to talk about the value of it now, mm. that's when we use the word worth. Mm-hmm. So if you want to say, you know, I like your, I don't know, necklace, you might say, yeah, it's worth about 20 pounds. No, it's <laughs> worth about a thousand pounds. I mean, normally it's for like antiques, I mm. guess, isn't it? Vases. Or expensive items, big items like cars, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. So and normally when you've got something, somebody's showing you something mm. and you would say, what's that worth? Mm. Meaning how much would somebody pay for it mm-hmm. now? So not the price new. Um, and I guess the other thing that, um, objects can have is not a real value sentimental a, value yes a sentimental value so mm. it's not really worth anything in terms of money mm. but it's worth a lot in terms of your memories or your feelings towards that mm-hmm. object so you know in terms of specific vocabulary i mean i would say that's more or less everything i think you will 
need. Obviously, different objects will require mm-hmm. different parts of that vocabulary. Yeah. You're not going to use all of it. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's good just to have like a basic range of vocabulary for any type of object, really, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, so that, you know, whatever you choose in the exam, you will be safe because that's all we ever want. So that's the Lexis. So I guess, Nick, all that we've got time, ty- why don't we now demonstrate to the students? Let's put everything we've done to get, um, together in this lesson together <laughs> mm-hmm. and we will actually do... A part two. A part two each. So do you want to start, Nick? Yeah, go on. I'll start. Why not? Okay, so I'm going to ask you to do this cue card. I'll put the full cue card up on the main website, but I'll just read the the actual topic because that's the main thing, mm-hmm. okay? So, Nick, I would like you to describe something you have bought mm-hmm. but haven't used very much. Okay. Would you like the minute to prepare? Um, yeah, why not? I'll take it. Whenever you are ready, you can begin. All right, so the item that I would like to describe uh, that I bought last year but haven't used very much is my MacBook. Um, So I got it um, in a sale. I think there was about 300 euros off it, so it was pretty cheap. And obviously because I'm self-employed, I also don't have to pay tax on it because it was a work purchase. So the overall price... um, was was pretty good. It was under a thousand euros, which is for a brand new MacBook, uh, a two thousand and twenty one edition, if I remember correctly, maybe twenty twenty, but it has an M one chip in it, which is the faster, the newer chip. Uh, I um I was very pleased with that purchase. It's silver, um, obviously, it's made of I think aluminium. I can't remember, but it's it's nice. Um. So I was very pleased with myself. I bought a new iPhone at the same time, so I had a very special Apple day um, in the middle of last year. The, but I haven't used it at all, basically, because I've got a nice big desktop PC that I use for work. And sometimes I kind of regret get, getting it. It wasn't really worth it. But um, I do use it from time to time, um, especially for watching films in the bedroom because it just connects to my TV really easily. Um, I use it sometimes um, to listen to YouTube videos or podcasts when I'm cooking or cleaning. Instead of my phone, I just, you know, plop it on the table and stick in my earbuds and do it like that. Um, Sometimes listen to music on it in the background. I'll connect it to, again, to my AirPods and listen to music on it. But in terms of actually working on it, or using it for sort of more practical things. I think the reason why I haven't is because I haven't actually ever really had the time to just sort of sit down for a few hours and sort of set it all up. Thank you. Thank you. Well done. You cut me off. That was very good. (laughs) Sorry. It's all right. (laughs) It's two minutes. Yeah. (laughs) Very good. I think what was good about that is you used a lot of the language, Mm -hmm. which we'd previously looked at but Mm -hmm. then you also used a lot of new language my favorite was plop it down on the table (laughs) that's very nice language (laughs) (laughs) all right brilliant okay so i will nick can you time me um yes i can okay i am going to do this cue card which is describe a personal possession Mm. which means a lot to you okay are you ready all right yes your time begins now 
So um, the personal possession that means a lot to me is a teddy bear which used to belong to my mum and which I inherited when she died. Mm. And I really, really wish that I could tell you what the name of the teddy bear is because honestly, it's one of my biggest regrets is that she told me the name of her teddy bear Mm -hmm. and I forgot. (laughs) And I have asked my uncle, um, her friends, and none of us can remember the name of this teddy bear. So I just call him Little Jimmy, right? (laughs) And so Little Jimmy is... I'd say he's like a traditional, if you think of like a traditional teddy bear with movable arms and legs, he's that sort of old school teddy bear. Um, He's probably about, I'd say 30 centimetres tall, something like that. He's got um, reddish brown fur, but it's kind of worn away in places. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like he's got little bald, bald patches all over his body. Um, He's got little, I think his eyes are made of orange beads. Mm -hmm. And he's got like a stitched nose. And then also on the palms of his, um, like, yeah, on the palms of his four paws, he's also got like a little patch of leather, mm-hmm. um, which is actually still there and is quite soft. That's mm. quite good. Also, at some point, somebody made him, I'm guessing it's my mum, knitted him some clothes. So he wears um, little blue short dungarees mm-hmm. and like a stripy red and white uh, T-shirt. Um, and basically... Little Jimmy, wherever I am, he's always in the house with me, like wherever I go. Right now, he sits, I've got a little square table um, in the bay window, which I bought. So I have cups of tea in the morning and he sits on the bench Mm -hmm. um, from that square table. And he may be valuable because he is genuinely a traditional bear. He's probably 60 or 70 years old. But for me, I mean, I don't know how much he'd be worth, but it is all pure sentimental value. It wouldn't matter how much they offered. I would never, yeah. Sell him. I'd never sell Little Mm -hmm. Jimmy. Well done. Very nice. (laughs) You used a lot of the language that we discussed today there. Very confident. You forgot the word pause, which was quite interesting. And then you remembered it. I forget the word pause. (laughs) See? Mm -hmm. It happens to the best of us. Mm -hmm. I was like, what are those things that bears have? (laughs) Is it hands? No, it's paws. Um, There we go. So I would say these object cue cards, on the one hand, I think it can be quite difficult Mm -hmm. sometimes for students to know how to keep going for two minutes. Yeah. But I do think a lot is actually making these descriptions. I do think if you take the time to talk about material, shape, size, Mm -hmm. it does add a lot, I think. I think that's another problem as well, that a lot of students don't actually do that. Like it it says here, the question is, so these describe and object questions, I always say to students, kind of have two parts. Because Mm -hmm. it's always describe at something which... And you've got yes. the you've got the first bit, which is describe the object, and then the which after the which is the story, basically. Yes. And a lot of students really focus on the story, and they can tell great stories, but they don't actually describe the object at all. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where they then they finish twenty or thirty seconds short. Mm-hmm. And actually, if they'd have just spent a bit of time describing the object, describing the object, what it looks not like, only and would. So on. Mm-hmm. Not only would they have spoken for longer, but they would have also had a lot, lot more rich Lexis mm-hmm. to show the examiner, which I think is also good. Yes. So they are cue cards, or those are cue cards that describe an object. I guess we'll try and do a few more of these in the coming months, right? We'll look at some of the other mm-hmm. types of cue cards. Um, but that's it for this week. Next week, if you're still listening, come back mm-hmm. because we have got a very big announcement. Something new is happening. Uh, so make sure you come back next Tuesday to find out all about that. Uh, and until then, 
have a lovely week pause i mustn't forget (laughs) (laughs) bye bye my ielts classroom podcast is a production of my ielts classroom limited nick and i do not represent ielts and everything you heard in this episode is our own personal opinion You can find the show notes and transcript for this episode on our blog. That's blog.myieltsclassroom.com. And if you're looking for our video courses, speaking lessons and marking service, you can find that at www.myieltsclassroom.com. If you have a question or query or just want to chat, you can email Nick and I at hello at myieltsclassroom.com. Our theme music is by Heartbeat and our artwork is produced by David Brown. Have a great week, study hard, and remember, this This is my IELTS classroom. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.